You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Abby. And I'm Sarah. Today we're going to talk about novelty in our lives. But first, let's catch up on life lately. What's new with you, Abby? I am in the process of turning the garden over for winter. Everyone knows that tons of zinnias grew this year. Yesterday, Mm -hmm. I pulled them all out. (laughs) It was quite a task. They were like, I don't know, four and a half feet tall, giant, like zinnia bushes. (laughs) So it took probably about two hours with my garden gloves to pull them all out. It also revealed that we had one kale plant still growing, and the stalk of this kale plant was probably like two inches around. It was huge. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like a trunk. <laughs> like a trunk. And also there is still parsley growing. And there was basil that my mother-in-law planted on some trip to our house that I uncovered. Oh. And it's actually in pretty good shape. So maybe we're going to have some late season pesto here pretty soon. I love garden surprises. <laughs> yeah, me too. But otherwise, it's empty and I'm going to seed kale and brassicas today. I love hearing about your garden. Oh, thanks. What's new with you, Sarah? I have two races coming up. In two days, I'm doing a 5K, and then the next week, I'm doing a 10K. I had signed up for this 10K very shortly after my last 10K in June and feeling like, oh, I learned so much from this first race. I'm going to have all this time to train. I'm really going to be able to make these improvements. And then I got COVID in August, felt better for about a week or two, and then I got really sick with some other virus. So let's just say the training has not been going as well as one would hope, (laughs) and my expectations have altered drastically (laughs) to take the circumstances into account. But I am still excited to do it. I'm looking forward to just enjoying being out on the roads, running with lots of people, enjoying fall weather. Sounds great. Now let's talk about what we've been reading. Abby, what is your latest book? I recently listened to How the Word is Passed, A Reckoning with the History of Slavery Across America by Clint Smith. This is a combination history with memoir bits throughout. Mm -hmm. So Clint Smith visits sites associated with chattel slavery, mostly in the United States, but he's also in Senegal at one point. And he tells the history of the place and shares his own reactions at the same time. This is a very powerful read. It's obviously heavy, but it was 100% worth making it through. And his audio also is excellent. He's the reader of the book. So you get all of his personal nuance to the words at the same time as you're getting this like really heavy content. And I would 100% recommend this book. This one is on my list. There was an audiobook I listened to earlier this year, and at the end, it featured an interview with the author and with Clint Smith oh, talking yes. to each other about their process. Was this Ashley C. Ford's memoir? Yes. Yes. I heard that same thing. And I think that interview was such a sweet introduction to it because it's both mm-hmm. memoir, but you hear all about like, how was it for him to write while he's having children and it's the pandemic and, you know, mm-hmm. just... I love the humanization of the author. It's so special. Agreed. So thank you for reminding me of this book because it is on my list and I will be reading it soon. What have you been reading, Sarah? I read Queen of the Tiles by Hannah Alcuff. This is a YA novel that is set in Malaysia at a Scrabble tournament. 
At the same tournament a year earlier, Trina died unexpectedly during the final match. Now, her best friend, Najwa, is back at the tournament seeking to win and to solve the mystery of her friend's death. This sounds like the perfect book for you. (laughs) (laughs) I do love YA mysteries. I really enjoyed the setting at a Malaysian competitive Scrabble tournament. All of the wordplay was great. It also very much confirmed that I will never be successful at Scrabble. (laughs) All of the words, all of the math thinking in terms of how to get the most points, it's not part of my skill (laughs) set. But very fun to read about kids for whom that is part of their skill set and something that they have worked on. Mm -hmm. I will say I didn't find the ending and the way the mystery was solved to be very satisfying. Mm. And I mostly read this on my Kindle, which was great, especially seeing all the words, these words that I am not as familiar with. I think it was helpful to me to be able to take the time to read it rather than listen to it. Mm -hmm. But also, I switched a couple times to the audio when I was doing dishes or other things, and the narrator was not my favorite. Oh, no. Which, that hasn't happened to me for a while, and it reminded me how much of a disappointment it is Mm -hmm. when the voice of the narrator does not match the pacing and the intonation that you're imagining as you're reading it. Yeah. If you enjoy YA Mysteries, I would recommend it. I thought it was really fun, but I will say it doesn't top my list of best YA Mysteries out there. Hmm. The best part for me was definitely the look into the world of Scrabble and the international setting. Now let's move into our topic for today, which is novelty and progress. I first heard about this idea from Kelsey on her blog, Rising Shining, where she mentioned that a philosopher friend of hers thought that novelty and progress was one of the keys to living a fulfilled life. And I have thought a lot about it since then and just which parts of that resonate, which parts of it don't. I thought it would be really fun to have that conversation on the podcast. So here we are. Let's start by exploring whether we generally think of novelty and progress as something we crave in our lives. I don't think I crave novelty, but I do crave progress, which to me feels like forward movement in my life. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's important to distinguish the two. Yes, they do feel very different because you can have a lot of novelty without any progress. Uh Uh-huh. Is the inverse of that true also? Can you have a lot of progress with no novelty? I don't know. Novelty to me sort of feels like more surface level stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, like what you're eating, the music you're listening to, travel. I mean, we'll get into it more, but I think the contrast between them and this question that you've asked, is it possible to have progress without novelty is a really interesting one. Yeah. Similar to you, I don't think that I crave novelty at this point in my life. I also wouldn't say that I crave progress, Mm. but I suppose it really depends on how you define progress. I want to feel like I am becoming a better, more compassionate, more evolved human as I go through my life, but I'm very uninterested in moving up a career ladder and having more traditionally defined success trajectory in Mm. my life. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just really important to be clear about what kind of progress we're talking about. Yeah, I think for me, progress is something you define for yourself, that it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily tied to that success piece. But we'll talk more about it. In what areas of your life do you most enjoy novelty and progress? 
There are only a couple of areas where I really enjoy novelty. One is reading new books. I'm not too much of a rereader, though there are some exceptions to that. And then I also like to have new clothes to freshen up my options. But then again, I also buy the same pieces in different colors from Poshmark because mm-hmm. I know I like them mm-hmm. and how they fit. So I'm not sure that that really counts. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then progress to me looks like, am I growing in my relationship with loved ones? Mm-hmm. Am I growing toward being truer to myself? Does my life feel stagnant or is there growth mixed in with the contentment? I enjoy the progress of the garden growing, the kids growing, the movement towards school and work goals for me, but it doesn't feel like those school and work goals are based on success. I mean, I don't think anyone really goes into nursing or midwifery to make the big bucks. Mm -hmm. For me, those feel like a call that I'm answering. And so Mm -hmm. the progress that I'm envisioning is movement toward answering that call. That's really beautiful. Thank you. When I started answering this question, I started writing out different things. And then by the end of the paragraph, I was like, oh, no, this is an area where I don't like novelty. (laughs) But I think I like it. And then the reality is, oh, no, I don't. So I'll actually talk more about those things in the next question. (laughs) I do think I like trying new recipes at home. At this point in my life, I have a good idea when I'm looking at a recipe, whether that's something I'm going to find tasty and delicious to enjoy at my house. And I really love the feeling of breaking out of a food rut Mm. and trying something new. This isn't something I want to do all the time. And really, I probably only try a new recipe every month or two, but I always really enjoy it. I also love the novelty of getting new houseplants. It brings me so much joy. I have a tradition now where I get new houseplants on my birthday every year, mm-hmm. although I'm running out of pots and places to put them, so I'm not sure how long <laughs> I can continue. You just need to build more shelves. Yes. But it's also interesting to think that I am enjoying the novelty of the new plants, but it's the tradition of doing oh, yeah. it. The same every time, which is not novel. It's expected that this is what you will do on your birthday. (laughs) It was only novel the one time. And now that I know I like it, I just want to keep repeating it. Welp. (laughs) (laughs) And like you, I think books bring a lot of novelty to my life, especially at the phase that I'm in now. I may not be experiencing all these different lives or adventures, but I can through the pages of the books. And I think that really meets a need that I have but through books makes it practical and takes out the hard parts Mm -hmm. in making it easier to access. For progress, the area that I have most enjoyed and found the most satisfaction in is feeling like we're making progress towards our kids becoming more independent Mm. and competent in various areas of their lives. I love seeing them take on new challenges and meet them and gain more autonomy over their lives. And it just feels like what's supposed to be happening. And with all of the challenges that are mixed in with parenting, when you can see those places of growth, it is really great. On the other hand, what areas of your life do you least enjoy novelty and progress and instead crave the comfort of the familiar? I would say most of the areas (laughs) I crave the (laughs) comfort of the familiar. I want to wear the same well-fitting clothes. I want a regular rotation of foods that I enjoy and that my children will eat. (laughs) 
I like the routine of meeting our friends at the park every Friday. I enjoy camping Mm -hmm. at the same campsites and knowing what to expect. (laughs) I also am not driven to travel and see other parts of the world in the way that many people are. Mm. Travel, and I don't know if this is just a life stage, but I've never really felt like I wanted to travel. It mostly feels Mm -hmm. tiring to me. And so for me, travel is worth it. If we're going to see beloved friends or family, Mm -hmm. I don't feel the need to change up the house a lot. I have decorating goals that I hope to accomplish that I've sort of carefully considered and come to after living here for a while. But once I achieve those goals, I hope to leave things as they are. Mm -hmm. So two of the areas that I had originally put in I like novelty (laughs) but have since moved here One is outdoor adventures, but really what you said about going to the same campsites and knowing what to expect. I want to have outdoor adventures, but I don't need them to be novel. Right. Exactly. It's okay for them to be the same. And in some ways, I feel like that gives us this ownership over it, too, when Mm -hmm. we go back to the same campsite. And then when we're there, we talk about, hey, remember the trip when this happened? Remember when the tree fell down in the storm? Remember the time it was raining on the birthday and we were all playing outside? And I think it's fun if you find another great campsite, but you could also be finding a not great campsite Totally, if you go someplace different. (laughs) And I think that with parenting, it's having those known factors going into it. Mm -hmm. Parenting brings enough challenges, (laughs) enough novelty that I think it has made me lean in to these areas of comfort Mm. and having that knowledge that we don't know exactly what to expect on the camping trip, but we know where the water spigot is. Mm -hmm. We know how far it is to the bathroom. We know how much shade we're going to have. And that makes it easier to deal with the novel things that you cannot plan for. Yep. Absolutely. So I feel like it creates that space to do that. Another one that I had put was restaurants. But I think that I really just want to go to the places where I know what I like. <laughs> That's I me love too. <laughs> when I discover a new restaurant. That is amazing. I love when I find a new menu item. That's really good. But there's so much trial and error with that. Yep. And so really, if I'm going to go out to eat, I just want to eat the things that I know I'm going to like. I mean, like you said, with the campsite, you could just as easily order something terrible and be really yes. disappointed that you didn't just choose your favorite thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Also, I put in this category moving. We moved so much throughout our 20s. And even if I didn't necessarily love it, I certainly didn't mind the change and the frequent change of moving every year. Mm -hmm. And right now I just have no desire for that. Mm -hmm. I do like imagining moving someplace very different. Mm -hmm. And this is something you and I often do together via text message. Yep. (laughs) But... I think the imagining is enough for me because really I like where I'm at. And I think that concept of contentment is so much of it for me that I don't think that bringing in novel things will make me happier Mm -hmm. and that being happy with what I have and where I am is true happiness for me Mm -hmm. and that the striving feels like not being content with what you have. Mm. And Neil and I talked about this a lot, especially at grad school. This, well, as soon as we're done with grad school, things are going to be easier. Things are going to be better. 
and checking in with each other and just saying, yes, but this is our life right now and we can't keep looking to the next thing Mm -hmm. and this will be better when this happens, when our kids are slightly older, when the renovation is finished, when all of these things. I just found for me, if I can't be happy where I am, none of those things will bring that. Mm -hmm. I think that's why I have a hard time connecting with the idea of progress. Hmm. So up to this point, we've just been talking about personal progress and how we feel about that. But we both feel really passionately about bigger societal issues. Mm -hmm. How do you think about that balance between personal progress and societal progress and how you hold those both in your mind and in your life? I identify with a lot of what you said about contentment and attempting to be content with what you have in your life. And that reminds me of this concept from yoga, which is santosha, which means contentment. And it's this idea of like looking around and seeing things clearly and saying, oh, hey, this isn't Mm. perfect. I am not living what people would say is a dream life for them necessarily. But for me, it's working pretty great. (laughs) So there's that personal piece of it. Mm -hmm. And then there's the progress piece, which is what you're talking about, which is Honestly, a lot of what our friendship is built on is seeing things that aren't working for everyone and living our lives and doing work ourselves so that we make progress societally and it's better for everybody. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the choices that we make, you know, within our families, I mean, a lot of my call to midwifery is seeing really huge problems with how pregnant people are treated in the healthcare system Mm -hmm. and how we take care of people after they've had babies and avoiding the call to that and trying to do other work, but finally not refusing it anymore because it is so strong to me. And so while I don't think I necessarily crave novelty and change, I do think that that undercurrent of progress, both within my own life and I want to see us as a human people moving toward better, Mm -hmm. that that feels really important to me. Yeah. I love that idea of we can do better and believing that we can be better as a society. I think it's so important to hold on to that belief when it feels like we are moving in bad directions Mm -hmm. right now. But that belief in the possibility of progress is going to be central to making the radical changes that we need. Mm -hmm. How has your desire for novelty and progress changed over the years? I think I've been pretty consistent through my life of liking familiar things. So this is the novelty piece again. Mm -hmm. I've always played songs on repeat and eaten the same foods over and Mm -hmm. over because they're comforting to me. And I've maybe become even less a fan of novelty as I get older. You know, you touched some on parenting, how many unknowns are with parenting. And I think probably parenting has pushed me even more toward wanting to know what to expect Mm -hmm. (laughs) in terms of novelty. And then in terms of progress, you know, if I think about it as sort of those big underlying all of humanity things, I think I've always felt drawn to be a part of working toward better step by step. I think my desire for novelty has decreased over time. 
When I was in high school, I loved thinking about where I would study abroad. And once I did that, I loved thinking about working or living abroad post-graduation. Neil and I made it most of the way through the Peace Corps application process before we decided that actually wasn't for us. And I am so glad that I did spend a year abroad as it was an incredibly formative experience. I think it gave me the confidence to know that I can go someplace new and be out of my comfort zone and make it work. I draw on that experience often and think back. If I could do that, then I can do this. Mm. And I think it gave me a strong foundation upon which to build my confidence as an adult. Mm. But now that I've done that, I've realized that I don't necessarily want to do it again mm. because it's hard. And it's not that I didn't feel content with my life before, but I think having gone on more of those adventures when I was in my 20s has made me content to do with less novelty now. Hmm. It's like I know that I can, but also wherever you go there you are. And yeah. the things that you struggle with at home, you also struggle with abroad. And it made me realize I wasn't happier doing that than I was in my everyday life. And that knowledge, I think, has made me content with less novelty. Hmm. In terms of progress, personally, I think that I have been leaning more into not needing progress as I've gotten older. I think I have become more comfortable not seeking traditional routes of success and being very comfortable with the choices that I have made and looking internally for progress. Mm. Yeah, and like you, I have always been drawn to this idea that we can do and be better than we are. Yeah. That wraps up our conversation about novelty and progress. Listeners, we would love to hear from you about how those play a role in your life. Now let's end as we always do by sharing something we've been eating lately. I would like to give an update on my easy enchilada recipe, which if listeners will remember is refried beans inside tortillas with enchilada sauce on top. <laughs> And cheese. And cheese, yes. <laughs> and my preferred enchilada sauce recipe is from Budget Bites. I highly recommend and will link that in the show notes. But lately, I have been fancying these up a little bit. Ooh. I have been roasting frozen corn and sweet potatoes on a sheet pan and then adding that and some of the diced chilies to the refried beans so that there's a little more veggies by a little more, I mean any at all, because before there was none. <laughs> Just beans. <laughs> Just beans. And then doing the red sauce, but we haven't been putting cheese on it because this is the time of year where Neil does not eat dairy because it helps his allergies. But what I have been doing then, because I don't want to eat it without cheese, is making the white cheese dip mm. on the side. And drizzling it over the top. So then at the end, I can smother it in the cheese sauce. Love to hear that. And it is so good. I like it better than just having the melted cheese on top. Oh, absolutely. In the future, I might do the red sauce and pour the cheese on top so we just all get an even cheese amount mm -hmm. across the enchiladas. But it's been great. It's my plan for dinner tonight, and I recommend it. Delicious. What have you been eating? 
I recently made the turkey soyaki bowl from my favorite Instagram account, Trader Joe's, five items or less. Uh Uh-huh. This is ground turkey that you brown. Mm Mm-hmm. Then you add chopped up red pepper and the Trader Joe's ready veggies, which is broccoli, snow peas, Brussels sprouts, kale, carrots, and red cabbage, sort of all shredded to a similar amount. Mm -hmm. The carrots are sort of diced and the snow peas are whole, but otherwise sort of the greens are like small enough to cook quickly. Saute that for a while and then add the soyaki sauce, which is a marinade you can buy at Trader Joe's. And I served Mm -hmm. with brown rice and it was amazing. Sounds really good. I love that sauce. I had never tried it before this. It's like, I'm sure I'd seen it a bazillion times and never once thought, I should buy that to take my stir-fry game up a notch. But I did. And it did. I haven't tried it with stir-fry, but we use it for dipping the pot stickers oh, that we get yeah. at Trader Joe's. They also have a gyoza dipping sauce, and that's what we've always gotten for the pot stickers. But that one's not my favorite, I have to say. I like this soyaki better. There you have it. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Sarah, and with all of you listeners. You can find out more about everything we talked about today, including what we're reading and eating, in the show notes on our website, friendlierpodcast.com. You can also leave us a comment there or on Instagram at friendlierpodcast or email us friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. Friendly.